We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 54 subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Brad Binkley. Monica is on vacation this week, but joining us again in her absence to help out is Cam Harless of the Mad Ones podcast. We are themadones.com. Cam, thank you for joining us today. Let's dive right into what I think is the top story of the day. Of course, the mainstream media does not think this is the top story of the day, but apparently no one can independently verify the claims being made about atrocities in Ukraine. Yeah. (laughs) These Ukrainian accounts of atrocities in Bucha are what everybody is talking about and what is being used by leaders around the world to implement more sanctions. And yesterday, buried deep in the story on atrocities, Newsweek admitted that they have not been able to independently verify the claims of atrocities. Insider today also said they could not independently verify the atrocity claims. CNN, every other network says they couldn't. Uh, Reuters said that they saw dead bodies in the town of of Bucha, but could not independently verify who was responsible for the killings. No one is able to independently verify them, not even the Pentagon. Last night, a Pentagon official, this is reported by Reuters, said that the U.S. military is not in a position to independently confirm Ukrainian accounts of atrocities by Russian forces against civilians in the town of Bucha, but they have no reason to dispute the accounts either. I have a reason. History. That's a reason to dispute the accounts. The U.S. public and the publics of other countries have been duped into wars over and over again throughout the course of history using the atrocity stories that are not unlike the ones that we are hearing right now. That's your reason to question these accounts. It's like if a dead body showed up in your neighbor's house and everyone accused you of doing it. And then the cops showed up and said, you know what? It looks like you killed them. We have no evidence, but we have no reason to dispute the claims of all of your neighbors. Therefore, you are guilty and we are going to put you in prison. Now, this official said from the Pentagon said, we're seeing the same imagery that you are. We have no reason whatsoever to refute the Ukrainians claim about these atrocities. Clearly, deeply, deeply troubling. But the Pentagon can't independently and single-handedly confirm them. But we are also not in any position to refute these claims. This is obviously uh, an official who's saying this anonymously. Here's a few reasons, Cam, that I'm going to give you to refute these claims. This is from a book titled Propaganda Techniques in World War, and it's written by a guy named Harold Laswell. Have you ever heard of Harold Laswell? I've heard the name, but I'm I'm not making any connections. Okay, Harold Laswell was a political science and communication theorist, and he is a pioneer in communications and in the study of propaganda. He was an elite. He worked closely with Edward Bernays. He was influenced by Sigmund Freud. He worked closely with with the Committee on Public Information, the first war propaganda agency, mass scale organized war propaganda agency in the United States. This is not an outsider. This is an insider writing books to other insiders. These guys release their memoirs towards the end of their careers or after they go through certain major events like the war and they write them for each other and other elites. This is an elite speaking about other elites. And this book 
is documenting the techniques used during World War I to dupe the various publics of the world, specifically the United States, into World War I. World War I, not World War II. Keep that in mind. Now, here's what he says in his book. He says, a handy rule for arousing hate is if at first they do not enrage, use an atrocity. It has been employed with unvarying success in every conflict known to man. He goes on to say, stress can always be laid upon the wounding of women, children, old people, priests, nuns, and upon sexual enormities, mutilated prisoners, and mutilated non-combatants. These stories yield a crop of indignation against the perpetrators of these dark deeds and satisfy certain powerful hidden impulses. I have more stuff from him. Do you have any reaction to this very clear playbook that he's laying out for atrocity propaganda? Well, my first thought goes to, you know, we have no reason to refute this. And, you know, this is claimed across different media uh, companies. And do you remember a couple of years ago, when CNN did ads about uh, against the fake quote unquote fake news situation and said that we tell the truth, they have a whole um, part of their website where they they lay out facts or facts. They this is a banana. This is bias. an apple. Yeah, yeah. So we we start with the facts, not opinion. Opinions are fine, but we start with facts. If you can't start with facts, if you can't agree on the facts, then you. There is no fact. If when there's no fact, there's n- there's nothing but the narrative. Absolutely. And we saw a New York Times article a couple of weeks ago admitting all of these, these yeah. stories that were not real. The one about the pilot who killed all the Russian pilots, the one about the Ukrainians on the island where they said the Russians came in and murdered them, but the Ukrainians were actually still alive. There's a couple other reasons not to believe the story without evidence, yet they're telling us we just need to believe it. And then they're moving forward with these sanctions, which we will talk about in a minute. But I want to give you a few other things that Laswell says in this book, and I highly recommend checking this book out if you want to understand the history of war propaganda. And that's what we're experiencing right now. He then goes on to talk about how the information about these atrocities are delivered. And he talks about how you get oh, a new quote, neutral witness to deliver it. So a firsthand account witness that you spread around all the media, which we are seeing. And then he talks about this. He goes, an excellent device, which was used by the British to lend weight to their stories of German atrocities was to constitute a commission of men with international reputations for truthfulness to collect evidence and deliver findings. The British with an eye not alone upon their own populace, but upon the American people, delivered a stroke of genius by appointing the so-called Bryce Commission, which is also the Committee of Alleged German Outrages. And this is the Bryce Commission that I've been talking about, which is has been proven to be filled with stories that were made up, not real. There was a whole book written about all the fake stories in this called Falsehoods in Wartime, and is one of the most well-known historical pieces of propaganda that is studied. And Mm -hmm. it was used with overwhelming success to get the American public to believe that they needed to join the war for the cause of the allies. And that is what we're seeing with this international investigation being put together today, yesterday, all week, and they're moving forward with this. And finally, Laswell says, It is always difficult for many simple minds inside a nation to attach personal traits to so dispersed an entity as a whole nation. They need to have some individual on whom to pin their hate. It is therefore important to single out a handful of enemy leaders and load them with the whole decalogue of sins. That's obviously Mm -hmm. Vladimir Putin in this case. Now, 
one more quote from you, and this one from Edward Bernays with all of that stuff in mind. Now, Edward Bernays was on the Committee on Public Information, a, a well-known propagandist in American history, worked closely with Laswell. He says in his book on page 75, if you want to read it, of his book, Public Relations, it's not in his book, Propaganda, it's in his book, Public Relations. He says, reports that the Germans were beasts and Huns were generally accepted. The most fantastic atrocity stories were believed. After the war, there was widespread disillusion with and reaction against propaganda. The American people resented their own wartime gullibility. <laughs> He's boasting about the success of the atrocity stories that they used to dupe the American public into World War I in this section of his book. He boasts about duping the American people in all of his books, and he admits that the American people were ticked off about how gullible they were. And there are many accounts of this. After World War I, the American public had a backlash against the media and the news because it was discovered that they were lied to. Will we once again, will we regret our gullibility moving forward? I'll say this. If there are people who are dead, if those images of the dead people are actually dead people, and they might be, and it isn't Russia that was doing it, then people who are supporting this could very well be supporting the people who are killing these people. And that, I think, if, if it's discovered later, people will then regret. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and that's that's what I keep I keep looking at is the way they they told us in a New York Times article that the ghost of Kiev was not real, but it didn't matter because morale needed to be boosted or a number of other things they've claimed. It, it reminds me of what you just well, it didn't remind me of it till you said it. But what you just said about what Edward Bernays did by gloating about the propaganda, it seems like they're even doing this gloating in real time. Yeah, it does. You're right. Like this is real time gloating because yeah. they're telling you that they're, they're lying telling you it's to not you. real. Yeah. And they're, but only how many people are actually reading that and going, OK, well, I can't trust them. A they are saying we're amount. lying to you and it's good for you. And then they're then they're saying there's no reason to question these stories right after they told us that they're lying to us. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's it. That's what's so unfathomable to me right now is how they're outwardly gloating about their lies. And most people are like, well, I mean, OK, yeah, of course, you need some good stories during your war. Shut up. Right. No, they're how, like, that's, that's what's you. really going on there. Even though this is a fake picture, that represents what's really going on. You're telling me you couldn't get a real image of it. You have to get right. show us a well, fake one. And with these satellite images and with this this whole situation, are we not in a, at a point in history where there are probably satellites and drones and all sorts of other things that are looking at Donbass right now? Right. And the only that are looking at these other technologies. Areas? Yeah. Why is it that we don't have any video? Why don't we have any video? Are there no cell phones in Ukraine? They're all gone. That's why I, they don't want. That's why they don't want Ukrainians carrying cell phones around. They don't want any real footage of what's going on to come out. It's, it's just bizarre. I just feel like we would have seen something more than still photos. Yeah, by this I, time, I keep seeing these stories more and more each day about this Maxar Technologies. There was one I didn't bring it because it was just too long. But basis of the story was satellite footage being used to verify claims of images in Ukraine war. And it was all about Maxar Technologies, which is a United States government contractor that takes photos of what the U.S. says when they tell them to do it and they tell them where to go. This is not journalism. This is not documenting stuff just to reveal the truth. This is an agenda-oriented company that was built up by the U.S. Department of Defense for a specific purpose to serve a specific agenda. There's plenty of articles about how their images are propaganda out there written by pretty neutral outlets called Maxar yeah. Technologies. Look it up. We took it all. We brought them to our land. 
An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now, on the backs of these claims, which everyone admits can't be verified, we're still moving forward with the sanctions. We're, we're sanctioning Putin's daughters. Yeah. You can't verify the claims, but go get <laughs> Putin's daughters. And he announced today from the White House, major war crimes have been discovered in Ukraine, citing these brutal, cold executions that they can't verify. And he said that these scenes were discovered in Ukraine and the responsible nations have come together to hold these perpetrators accountable. And the sanctions are against Russia's largest financial institutions and a number of specific individuals tied to the Kremlin, including Vladimir Putin's daughters. And in targeting his two daughters, they say they hope to freeze any assets that Putin may be hiding with them. One of his daughters is apparently a doctor who specializes in rare diseases in children. We better get her. We right. better make sure she's financially crippled. Right. Well, and, and, you know, they're taking out a couple of these banks. But one of the things that I read today was that they're not just the sanctions aren't just to Russians. It's to any American that wants to put their money in to invest into Russia. Wow. So anyone, regardless of where they live, any American where they live in the world are not going to be allowed to invest in Russian um, companies at all. Uh Biden actually said this war could continue for a long time. We're going to stifle Russia's ability to grow for years to come. So this isn't even just for now. This isn't even just a, a, a situation where they want to force his hand. They want to hurt Russia. Yes. For it, years to come. That's a great point. One of these Council on Foreign Relations or Brookings Institution panel discussions that I watched that was discussing specifically the sanctions against Russia. Everyone was in agreement on these panels that these sanctions were not a deterrent. They were not being yeah. used to deter Russia from what they're doing right now. They were being used to punish Russia, to make Russia feel pain. And that is not what the media tells us about the sanctions. The media will have us believe they are designed to stop Russia from doing what it's doing, but it's yeah. not stopping Russia. And these people make it clear that it is to punish him. Well, not to mention, if you actually listen to some of the stories on the uh, corporate in the corporate media about this, the idea behind some of these sanctions is to make the people of Russia so pissed off that one of them will take a shot at Putin. They talk about that also in these panel discussions. They're it's almost like they're wild. trying to talk to the public of Russia saying maybe it'll come from the public that takes out Putin because they all agree that they that Putin should be removed. They don't see how people can move forward without Putin being removed, whether he will be or not. I don't know, but that's just what the people at the think tank say. And they say it could be somebody on the inside, wink, wink, if you're watching, or yeah. maybe there'll be a public uprising, wink, wink. And they're obviously trying to stir up protest among the people to have them revolt against Russia. But it could you know, have a, ba a reverse effect, like I forget what it was called, where it just makes them hate the West more. Yeah, it could blow back Putin's very popularity's easily. popularity has gone up in Russia. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's loved in Russia. Like it, people act like all the Russians are scared to him. Have you I, I was on TikTok the other day and I saw a lady going around and interviewing Russian random Russians in a park. And like most of them were like, no, I'm happy with what's going on. The people in Donbass need us. 
and I'm glad that we're able to to be behind them. And it's like these are normal people, and every single comment was, "Oh, that's just a paid actor. Oh, that's just someone that Putin paid for." And it's like, why can I find so many examples of this? Right. And the argument on the other side of that is going to be that, well, that's Russia. Their propaganda that is telling this different narrative, and they'd be right because this is a war of narratives. It's a worldwide war of narratives, narrative warfare. I need to revisit some of that narrative warfare stuff that we did a deep dive on a few months back. I have a couple of books that's written specifically for the intelligence agencies by this deep stater named Ajit Mon, and she lays out that narrative warfare is not about truth. It's not about reality. It says this very, very clearly. This was in a panel discussion that she did with some U.S. cyber warfare, information warfare people. And she says it's about controlling the meaning of the narrative. It's not about the truth. It's about the meaning. Right. You control the meaning. You inject that meaning into the minds of the public. I'll link the books in the show notes if anybody wants to check them out. They're pretty quick reads. So tell us more about Putin's daughters. Well, see, there there wasn't a whole lot just that they were specifically named in these things, because what they're doing is they're just cutting off these Russians. And this is on the back of, um, you know, taking yachts from oligarchs and making it so they can't, you know, use the U U.S. monetary system. It's, it's just cutting them off yeah, from America. Right. Yeah. Um, it, but it's it's interesting because uh, what happens is America leads the way. So as soon as America said that, the UK started doing it. They sanctioned the mm -hmm. same banks. They sanctioned the same people. It's just a roll, a, a, an effect that just keeps rolling on, which is amazing. Um, right. And what's what? funny is they, they have done that. You can tell they've done a good job in their propaganda so far. Because have you ever seen uh, Degas? Um, it's a pastel work that uh it's called russian dancers have you ever heard of this this painting yeah. this this sketch uh, well it's 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 120 years old it was uh supposedly drawn by the french impressionist in 1899 and since that point since it's been found and put into museums it's been called russian dancers yeah for 120 years it's called russian dancers and then this last month i read this article so they're they're renaming it it's no longer Russian dancers. It's now Ukrainian dancers. And it has an official little me? plaque in the in the museum. They've changed the name. They say, we have been talking about this for years, about how, how we think that it might not actually be Russians. But in the last month, we've decided that it's really time to change this name. And they actually said the reason they did it was because of online backlash from and criticism from people on Instagram telling them that they needed to change it from Russian to Ukrainian. And you know the reason why? Why? It's not because there's a flag in the image. It's not because there's anything that we know new about this image. It's that the dresses that the women are wearing and some, some flowers in their hair are yellow and blue. So obviously they're Ukrainian. Yeah. So it was just a mistake <laughs> beforehand. How could right. we, how could right. we not just, know? happens over the last month let's let's change the art world in a historical piece like they're going back in time to erase russia they're his they're going to the history books to erase russia from the history books it's going to happen more and more it's going to keep happening and uh, with the flow of information moving so quickly and everything being digital like this there's probably less and less actual hardcore physical works, not hardcore physical works yeah. <laughs> that you can touch, especially moving to NFT artwork, stuff like that, that in the future, 
they could completely wipe history and change it without having to worry about people discovering physical documents that show the contrary. Right. And it's and none of this is making Putin happy. None of this is making the Russian state happy. And it's also not making the Chinese happy. Uh, uh, China, the um, oh, that's what the Chinese foreign ministry spokesman, Zhao Lijin, uh, told reporters today that if the U.S. really wants to contribute to the de-escalation of the situation in Ukraine, they must stop adding fuel to the fire, stop brandishing the sanctions baton, baton and really promote peace negotiation. Uh, so this hit this Chinese diplomat, which of course we hate China. Nothing that China says is in, is is ever right. They could never know that sanctions are hurting. Like this is you can't listen to them, obviously. So what does this matter, right? Why would we listen to this? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this came right after the Washington Post uh, cited you unnamed sources that they are considering strengthening the sanctions against Russia, um, and it's this ones we saw they already announced. So these same same ones, they're they're saying stop, stop doing this. You're just going to make it worse. And the Kremlin responded, not to the Chinese, but to the sanctions. Um, they were talking to a French channel, uh, LCI, and uh, so they added the Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov uh, today again. Uh, told that reporter that there is a potential risk since every day we are faced with such hostile actions. The expulsion of di- diplomats is a t- decision that closes the window of di- diplomatic relations. So Italy, Spain, and Denmark expelled a total of 70 Russian representatives on Tuesday uh, following Monday's decision by Germany and France to exile 35 and 40 yeah. respectively. So you know, 70 in total – no, no, so, uh, 140 people kicked out of these countries, sanctioned by the United States. Yeah. And they're not happy. They're saying, you know what? If you don't stop this, we're not going to do diplomacy with you anymore. Yeah. Do you they're, want the diplomacy to stop? They appear to be pushing it to uh, a level where the diplomacy basically has to, has to stop. This is what I was referencing yesterday when I was talking about how when you call someone the worst person in history, a killer, a rapist, mutilates children, whatever, it's hard to turn around and then say you're negotiating with that person and have the public yeah. be okay with that because then it's like, wait a minute, I thought this was the most evil person on the planet and now we need to go in and kill him, but now you're negotiating with him. So it does feel like they're intentionally pushing this to the point where negotiations will not even be accepted by the public if they were yeah. to move forward. By now, the public China, or by Russia. Right. Or by China, like any, any of the people we don't actually want to play nuclear football with, like they're going to be the ones we can no longer have diplomacy with. Yeah, I used to play nuclear football in the backyard, two hand touch <laughs> when I was a kid. It was a lot of fun. You never want to drop the ball, though. So it makes you good at catching. Now, China has been talked about as being someone who could be the middleman who could help negotiate things for everybody and ultimately settle this thing and they look like the hero here now that would be something that klaus schwab and the boys would really like because as we know the world economic forum they model their great reset off of china's governance model so they praise china they have the chinese president give keynote speeches and like that and in China, the way the story is being covered about Ukraine, I found this interesting. There's a couple themes about the Ukrainian war coverage in China. One is they don't call it a war. So while they're not openly antagonistic 
against the United States uh, as like Russia is. They kind of indirectly are antagonistic against the United States in their support of Russia. At least this is how our media frames it. But also China only gives little attention to the Ukraine war, which I just find that interesting because that's what's called the agenda setting theory of the media, where the Mm -hmm. public puts a level of importance on an issue based on how the media focuses their attention and their emotions on the issue. And that that infects the public with it. China is infecting their public with importance on other issues and giving a little less attention to this. There was something I saw the other day that I thought I need to tell Brad about this. I may have sent you the TikTok, but in China, who owns TikTok, the way they use the algorithm is in the algorithm as people use it, it bumps up the positive stories. So like if they want kids to see people being um, good, I don't know, what's a, what's a good thing, like listening to their parents or doing well in school or whatever, These there are positive traits that are put into algorithm to go to the top. So that's what's on your, your For You page. That's what you see all the time is people and young people being better and good and you know, having a good social credit score and it's, 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 it's propaganda. It's, it's, Hey, this is how we're going to, but they export TikTok to America. And what do you see on our for you pages? Silly dances. You see underage girls dancing and singing. You see drug content. You see mental health content challenges. You see see Every sort of thing that people would call degeneracy mm-hmm. being celebrated. It's like all of the stuff that China would want our young people to do. Uh, that's very interesting. So China also, they were putting limits before on the amount of time that their children could spend on devices, on social media. Yeah. And they're also, they were, there was a push to make their children more manly, their boys. So they're, yeah seem to be doing the opposite of what we're doing to our children over here. But the fact they're exporting the bad degenerate stuff of TikTok over here and not letting them get that. That's interesting. That's definitely uh, a propaganda tech. It's an upside down algorithm that we're getting from China. So I'm just I'm just saying they get the good. We get the bad. And I just needed to bring that up because that's that's fascinating. I had no idea. It's really interesting. I saw it and I thought of you immediately. But I feel like there's probably a story that we need to talk about in a second. And you have to tell people what's coming up now. Yes, that is correct. Before we get to our final story of the day, where we are going to talk about the mystery of Ukraine's lady death sniper. I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is why a DC nightclub recently displayed a dead body. And Things really are seeming to get a little worse for Will Smith. We're going to give you a specific example here. But before we get to that, be sure and check us out on Rockfin at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Rockfin is a free speech based liberty promoting video platform that allows us to say the things that YouTube bans us for. Rockfin is where you can hear all of the stuff the mainstream media no longer allows. Truth lives on Rockfin. So check it out. Check us out at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. What you're going to get on there is the DMB XR every day, as well as exclusive video interviews and deep dive deconstructions of the think tanks where the globalists are saying the things that you will hear Joe Biden say verbatim weeks later. And I'm serious. It's unbelievable. He will say them as his own words week later, weeks later. They are always said at these think tanks. He is a puppet. 
So you also get the content of every creator on Rockfin with your $9.99 subscription. Sam Tripoli, Whitney Webb, the Mad Ones are on there. Lots of great content on Rockfin. It's a fantastic emerging platform. Check it out, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe through our channel today. And now on to the final story of the Free 30. Cam, have you heard of Lady Death? It sounds like it would be in that stack of comic books I have proverbially on my ipad that's kind of what it is 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 a comic (laughs) book because i personally am not buying the story but lady death is a sniper that is a ukrainian sniper allegedly and she has apparently become a national hero as she defiantly battles russian soldiers undercover now she is known only as charcoal because her identity is shrouded in mystery and she's hillary clinton she should be hilarious if it was. Well, here's the thing. They show pictures of this woman. And in the pictures, she's in military fatigues. She has half of her face covered. Anybody who knows this person can recognize her. Anybody who has a sophisticated facial recognition technology could figure out who this was like that. They know you're not getting up close photos of this woman and quotations from this woman without knowing her identity. They're keeping her identity. Somebody knows it, but they're doing that so that they can add the mystery of the story. But here is her her story, her comic book-ish story. She joined the Ukraine Ukrainian Marines in 2017 and spent years fighting pro-Kremlin separatists. After serving on numerous tours in the east of the country, Charcoal, Charcoal <laughs> left the Ukrainian armed forces this past January, just weeks before Putin ordered his troops to invade in February only to turn around and volunteer to join again and fight on the front lines where Putin had invaded. So in a rallying cry during this interview, she said, these people are not human beings. Even the fascists were not as vile as these people. We must defeat them. So she's saying they're not human beings. Now, you know what we do when people aren't human beings? We we kill them. them. We kill them. Yes, that's exactly what this is. I've seen this theme start to pop up even more and more in the media. And then Charcoal, has, who has now become a symbol of the Ukrainian resistance as soldiers bravely battle the Russian troops who have been accused of gen- genocide by Volensky. She has been likened to the Ukrainian-born sniper called Ludmila Pavlichenko for her heroic efforts. Pavlichenko earned herself the name Lady Death as she clocked up 309 Nazi kills in World War II and is claimed to have never lost a sniper duel during her years of service, always getting her man. That's dumb. And <laughs> that's that's from um, what's it called? What's that movie? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, is she in that movie? No, no, no. But there's a character who's a Nazi sniper who his story is he's become essentially an actor uh, to and he's right. a propaganda yes. piece that yes. he he's he was on a bell tower and he killed hundreds of of uh, enemies. Nazis. Yeah. Or oh, wait, no, he, killed, no, he was the Nazi, but he killed. No. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. So that is definitely some propaganda. That's some propaganda modern times based on propaganda of the old times and now we have this woman lady death who is mysterious and probably a model in fatigues which we've already had stories of hot ukrainians going to fight that turned out to be models who weren't fighting at all this woman kind of looks like she's pretty attractive i have a feeling we might have another model on our hands and that lady death is just another 
propaganda BS story. Now, what are they trying to do with this story? Are they trying to inspire women to join the front lines here? Are they trying to glorify females going out and potentially getting themselves killed in these scenarios? That seems to be what they want in the United States with the way they're transforming the military. I don't know. All I know is that you said that she looks attractive. So my theory about it being Hillary Clinton has been proven false. Yeah, she's much younger than Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Hillary Clinton wasn't bad looking in her day. In my day. In our days, she was not. She was before our days where Hillary had her day. Okay. Thank you, Cam. That was very interesting, as always. Tell everybody about your show tonight. Well, as you may know, if you've listened this week, I do a show called The Mad Ones every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you go to YouTube.com slash The Mad Ones tonight, we are revving up for Easter. And so we're hitting the Christian episodes, man. So if you like that kind of stuff, join us. Tonight, we're actually going to be be discussing with our friend Cody Cook, what is the gospel? Because I feel like a lot of people like to talk about it in the most narrow way possible. And there's so much story there that we miss. And so tonight, that's what we're going to talk about. So if you want to join us and, you know, peer into a conversation between people who've studied theology talking about the gospel, which means good news. Hey, tonight at 830. Fantastic. That sounds very interesting. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that I was telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and subscribe today. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the DNBXR. Oh, and we will be live tomorrow on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash propaganda report at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So check that out, comment in the chats, and we'll have a good time. See y'all next time. Have a great rest of your day.